In this episode of the MedBullet Step 1 podcast, we go over the topic of Wiscott-Aldridge syndrome from the immunology section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. An 8-year-old boy is brought to his pediatrician for easy bruising. On physical exam, he is found with petechia and purpura in multiple areas over his body, as well as bruises over his arms. Eczematous patches are also found on his flexural surfaces. Laboratory results reveal thrombocytopenia to 30,000 per millimeters cubed. Further questioning reveals a past medical history of multiple hospital stays due to pneumonia and otitis media infections, as well as recurrent epistaxis. This is obviously a case of Wiscott-Aldred syndrome. Let's now move on to a brief introduction about Wiscott-Aldred syndrome. Wiscott-Aldred syndrome is a primary immunodeficiency disorder of B cells and T cells. The pathogenesis of Wiscott-Aldred syndrome involves a mutation in the WAS gene encoding Wiscott-Aldred syndrome protein, or WASP. This mutation causes an impaired actin cytoskeleton and also results in defective T-cell signaling and interactions with antigen-presenting cells. It also impairs phagocytosis and chemotaxis. Note that the pathogenesis also involves a loss of cellular and humoral response. With regards to the genetics of this disease, it is an X-linked recessive disorder. To remember all of these points of Wiscott-Aldred syndrome, a nice little mnemonic has been developed called WATER, W-A-T-E-R. W stands for Wiscott, A stands for Aldridge, T stands for thrombocytopenic purpura, E stands for eczema, and R stands for recurrent infections. Alright, let's now move on to the presentation and symptoms along with the physical exam findings of Wiscott-Aldred syndrome. Wiscott-Aldred syndrome presents with recurrent bacterial, viral, and fungal infections. The frequency increases with age. Common bacterial agents include Streptococcus pneumonia, Haemophilus influenza, and Neisseria meningitidis. Common viral infectious agents include varicella and CMV and common fungal infections include Candida albicans. Another very important symptom to remember as part of Wiscott-Aldred syndrome is thrombocytopenia. This causes recurrent bleeding, especially in the first few days of life. Physical findings of this bleeding can include petechia, purpura, easy bruising, hematemesis, epistaxis, and hematuria. Note that another important symptom to remember as part of Wiscott-Aldred syndrome is chronic eczema. And another important physical exam finding to note is hepatosplenomegaly. Let's now talk about the diagnostic evaluation of Wiscott-Aldred syndrome. This includes serologies, labs, and gene sequence analysis. Serologies will show a decreased number of T and B cells, along with decreased to normal levels of IgG and IgM, and increased levels of IgE and IgA. Lab findings will typically show thrombocytopenia, usually between 20,000 per millimeters cubed to 50,000 per millimeters cubed. And finally, gene sequence analysis of the WAS gene is essential to confirm the diagnosis of Wiscott-Aldred syndrome. Now let's quickly review a list of conditions that should be on the differential diagnosis in the workup of a Wiscott-Aldred syndrome patient. The three main conditions that should be on the differential are severe combined immunodeficiency, hyper-IgE syndrome, which also presents with eczema, and atopic dermatitis. 
And now, moving on to the treatment of Wiscott-Aldrich syndrome, the three main treatment modalities are antibiotics, IVIG, and hematopoietic stem cell transplantation. Note that the only curative treatment is hematopoietic stem cell transplantation. And finally, let's review the prognosis, prevention, and complications of Wiscott-Aldrich syndrome. With regards to the prognosis, there is a reduced life expectancy, and bleeding is the main cause of death. Complications include an increased risk of autoimmune diseases, malignancies such as lymphomas and leukemias which are usually fatal, and infections. Note that complications may lead to early death and that the chronic eczema may cause superinfections. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. A 10-month-old infant is brought in by his mother for evaluation of a persistent itchy rash. His mother first noticed the rash six months prior and has been using topical triamcinolone ointment and emollients with some improvement in his symptoms. He was born at 41 weeks gestation in an otherwise uneventful pregnancy. His past medical history is significant for two episodes of acute otitis media and one episode of sinusitis, which resolved after brief courses of antibiotics. Physical exam is notable for scaly, pink plaques of the perioral area and the extensor surfaces, as well as multiple pinpoint areas of blood leakage into the skin, otherwise known as petechia. A peripheral smear shows normal-sized red blood cells with neutrophils, monocytes, rare eosinophils, and small platelets. His laboratory test results show serum levels of the following. Sodium level of 140 milliequals per liter. Potassium level of 4.3 milliequals per liter. 8CO3 or bicarbonate level of 20 milliequals per liter. Chloride level of 102 milliequals per liter. BUN level of 18 milligrams per deciliter, creatinine level of 0.9 milligrams per deciliter, and a glucose level of 98 milligrams per deciliter. Moving on to leukocyte count of 5,900 per millimeters cubed, hemoglobin level of 13.1 grams per deciliter, platelet count of 34,000 per millimeters cubed, MCV of 89 femtoliters, while the normal reference range is 80 to 96 femtoliters, a red cell distribution width of 12.0%, note that the normal reference range is 11.5 to 14.5%, an MCHC level of 34.1 grams per deciliter, note that the normal reference range is 33 to 36 grams per deciliter, and reticulocytes of 1.0%, Note that the normal reference range is 0.5 to 1.5%. A treatment is given that prevents future occurrences of this disease. Which of the following side effects is most likely to result from the treatment that was prescribed? 1. Bleeding diathesis. 2. Osteopenia. 3. Graft versus host disease. 4. Striae distensae or 5. Thrombosis. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 3, graft versus host disease. This patient is a male infant who presents with the triad of eczema, thrombocytopenia, and recurrent bacterial infections consistent with Wiscott-Aldred syndrome. 
the only potentially curative treatment for this genetic syndrome is a hematopoietic stem cell transplant, which may be complicated by graft-versus-host disease. Remember, hematopoietic stem cell transplant, HSCT, offers the possibility of a cure in Wiscott-Aldred syndrome. HSCT involves ablation of the patient's bone marrow and transfer of matched donor bone marrow to reconstitute the hematopoietic system. The major complications associated with HSCT include infection and graft-versus-host disease, a syndrome where donor immune cells attack the foreign tissues of the transplant recipient. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, a bleeding diathesis, does not typically occur in patients who have received an HSCT. The use of HSCT in Wiscott-Aldred syndrome replaces the hematopoietic progenitor cells which gave rise to the dysfunctional small platelet seen in this syndrome. Answer choice 2, osteopenia, or decreased bone mineral density, is typically asymptomatic but can predispose to bone fractures. It can be seen in patients who are prescribed chronic systemic corticosteroid therapy but is not typically seen in patients who have undergone HSCT. Answer choice 4, striae distensae, presents with atrophied skin which resembles tissue paper, often in areas of high skin tension. They can be seen on the abdomen during or after pregnancy or in patients with chronic use of potent topical steroids. Striae distensae are not typically seen in a sequela of HSCT. And finally, answer choice 5, thrombosis, is typically not a sequela of HSCT. Examples of common drugs which increase the rate of thrombotic events include oral contraceptives and anabolic steroids. In summary, hematopoietic stem cell transplantation offers the chance of curing Wiscott-Aldred syndrome, but may be complicated by graft-versus-host disease. Next question. A two-year-old boy is brought to his pediatrician for evaluation of high fever and malaise. His mother relates that he suffers from frequent infections and has had several episodes of bloody diarrhea in the last year. Physical exam reveals diffuse petechial lesions as well as dry red skin on the elbow and other extremity flexor compartments. His mom remembers that one of her nephews has a similar problem with bleeding and very itchy rashes but cannot recall the details. Which of the following patterns of immunoglobulin findings is most likely to be found in this patient? Answer choice 1. Low IgM level, low IgA level, and low IgE level. Answer choice 2. High IgM level, low IgA level, and low IgE level. Answer choice 3. Normal IgM level, low IgA level, and normal IgE level. Answer choice 4. Low IgM level, high IgA level, and high IgE level. And finally, answer choice 5, normal IgM level, normal IgA level, and high IgE level. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 4, low IgM level, high IgA level, and high IgE level. This case is most consistent with a diagnosis of Wiscott-Aldred syndrome, a disease characterized by the classic triad of thrombocytopenia, eczema, and recurrent infections. 
The disease is caused by a mutation in an actin-binding protein, and serological findings include increased IgA and IgE and decreased IgM and IgG. Remember, frequent infections in a child usually signify a congenital or developmental immunodeficiency. Narrowing the possible differential then requires either recognition of the classic symptoms in a syndrome or identification of a characteristic group of microorganisms such as Neisseria infections in complement deficiency. In this case, no information is provided about specific organisms, so the surrounding symptoms should be characterized. Bloody diarrhea and petechial lesions are both signs of platelet-type bleeding and indicate thrombocytopenia, as opposed to a deficiency in coagulation factors which would cause deep bleeding. Red, itchy lesions in the flexor compartments of the extremities is the classic description of eczema or atopic dermatitis. Combining these findings with recurrent infections yields the classic triad of Wiscott-Aldred syndrome. This diagnosis is supported by the family history of another male on the maternal side as this syndrome has an X-linked recessive type inheritance pattern. The disease is caused by a mutation of an actin-binding protein and the classic serological findings include increased IgE and IgA with decreased IgM. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1. Globally decreased levels of immunoglobulins are commonly found in disorders of B-cell development or maturation. A classic example is Bruton's agammaglobulinemia, which is an X-linked disorder caused by mutation of Bruton's tyrosine kinase. This mutation inhibits B-cell maturation and leads to early B-cell apoptosis. Answer choice 2. Increased IgM with decreased levels of other immunoglobulins indicate a defect in class switching and is found in hyper-IgM syndrome. This disease presents with pyogenic infections early in life, especially with pneumocystis and cryptosporidium. Answer choice 3. Decreased levels of IgA with normal levels of other immunoglobulins is found in selective IgA deficiency. This disease is of unknown etiology, but presents with atopy, autoimmune disease, airway infections, and anaphylaxis when transfused with IgA-containing products. And finally, answer choice 5, selective increase in IgE levels is found in Job syndrome, which presents with coarse facies, retained teeth, and eczema as well as recurrent infections. It is caused by a mutation in the STAT3 transmitters leading to a failure of the TH17 subtype signaling. In summary, the key points to remember are that primary immunodeficiency syndromes should be evaluated in the context of an overall syndrome. Wiscott-Aldred syndrome involves thrombocytopenia and eczema along with recurrent infections that exhibits the classic findings of increased IgA and IgE with decreased IgM. And that's it for this review about Wiscott-Aldred syndrome. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullet Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. 
It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 Podcast.